Here we are, and welcome to episode 36, the redo episode, the lost episode of Holly Puck Podcast. We are your best source of hockey news, views, and abuse on the internet. We are, of course, presented to you by our good friends at Cheapskate Hockey, the finest in hockey in the hockey apparel business. Cameron, what happened to the last episode? We did what I believe is probably one of our top three best episodes. Like, the vibe was so good, the flow was so good. Possibly our best comedy fodder as well. We finished and we said our farewells and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then John called me five minutes later and said, I've got some bad news. I just got the blue screen of death and all your files saved, but mine didn't. So we could post it, but it would be me talking to myself for an hour. About nothing. (laughs) So let's be honest here. Um, it turns out that your solid state drive can't get to 101% because when it does, it crashes. Who knew? I didn't know, but now I do know and I won't do it again. So for you people out there who don't dabble in nerddom, the little box that stores all our holy puck stuff got too full and had a shit fit. Basically, yeah, and my computer just shit itself. And it's super hot up here, which also doesn't help. So... I'm... I'm currently lying, like our house is really cool because I've raved about this before about how good our air conditioning is, but I've taken it one step further. I'm actually lying on my bedroom floor, just in gym shorts doing this podcast. You fucking North Americans that listen to this who are bragging about your pending pond hockey season or whatnot, we're dying down here. It's the equivalent of 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, dude, it was 36 today. Like, my God, what's happening, Melbourne? It's It was fucking uh, crazy. Uh. Hey, before we get too sidetracked by the weather, I do want to say, speaking about our wonderful presenter and hosting Cheapskate Hockey, they've got a new range dropping this Friday, and they sent us pictures and some samples of all the stuff. And let me tell you, it is red hot. So CheapskateHockey.com, uh, make sure you hit it up on Friday, or then your stuff's going to go live just in time for Christmas. Oh. If you want to look at least one-tenth as good as I do, you're going to want to get all of this. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I mean, let's be honest, everything the Cheapskate guys have dropped so far has been pretty fucking unreal. So I can't wait to see it uh, in in the flesh. Uh, so I, I think that if you are up, if you're looking for a stocking filler, this is the one to start to stock and fill, Cam. <laughs> Fuck, we should get into advertising. We're killing it. <laughs> I know, right? But oh my God. Hey, so how do you feel about doing this show again? Um... I'm in two minds about it. Like, I'm glad we're doing it again and it's a redo. And a lot of the content has remained unchanged because it's still relevant. So yeah, not heaps of I'm hockey's been get it out there because it's then. a good show. But the other 50% of thing is just like, fuck, we've already had this conversation. Why are we doing this again? So yeah. you, the listener, should be feel very grateful that we are going to the effort of doing this again and not just skipping onto something else. Yeah, and I mean, this is our last episode for a little while because, Cameron, you're you're going to the States for a bit. This is, yeah. So I'm going to Hawaii this week and I'm going to be gone for a couple of weeks. But when I get back, we will do uh, we'll do an episode that will cover the fortnight just gone and we'll get right back into it. We but, will. Well, yeah, we're, we're going to have to because... We're going to have a fortnight off and let's be honest, over Christmas, the, the website updates are going to be pretty minimum uh, as Mel as well. I'm going to be playing golf and eating prawns. Um, John's going to be eating prawns and drinking beers. So neither of us will be updating the website very much. So give us a break. Yeah, I know. And we're, we're going to have to slip it a... Slip one in there, Cam, because I'm going to the States as well. When are you going? I'm going on the 11th. Oh, well, that's plenty of time. I'm back on the 28th. We can smash out two or three episodes between that when we're good to go. Oh, dude, there's so much. Maybe we might even do a sneaky little whilst I'm on the, in the States actual, actual webisode. 
Yeah, I think we can do that. I think the reason we can't do it while I'm away is because I'm traveling with my children. And if my wife busts me doing a podcast while I'm supposed to be wrangling kids, I'll probably get my balls cut off. Yeah, valid though. She already puts up with a lot. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't need to put up with me via proxy as well. No, no one needs that in their life. No, hey, not at all. did you see what my brother bought me for my birthday last week? Dude, your birthday haul was spectacular. Ye, ye listener, I got gifted a smashing Shane Gostaspierre Team North America uh, black, you know, I guess the equivalent of a home jersey. Yeah. And let me tell you, it looks unreal. Because <laughs> why wouldn't it? Oh, my God. So I feel well, like it it's... Just, it doesn't just look unreal, though. So this is the, the first of those new Adidas jerseys. But they're a little thinner and they're a little comfier. Dare I say, I could probably get away with wearing this um, at, at some stage throughout summer, whereas the other ones, no chance. Yeah, a little too heavy. For my liking, Cam. Just a little too heavy. It's almost like a loose-fitting, long-sleeve T-shirt. I could almost pull that off on, like, a cooler summer evening. So I look forward to it. Yeah, I feel like it would match well with a nice pair of khakis, Cam. Yeah, well, that's funnily enough, that's actually what I wore it with, John. I'm not surprised, Cam. <laughs> Solid thank white guy fan. You, thank you, baby bro, for the gift. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mad. So we should definitely get into Dust content because we've got quite a lot of it. Including a few well, things that have as, as much as I have enjoyed talking to you about the weather, clothing, um, and you know, transcontinental uh, podcasts. Well, I mean, what I mean, what else is there to talk about? Let's be honest. <laughs> Work for the fifteen minutes before we actually hit record. Yeah, which is what we usually usually just complain about how much we fucking hate our jobs. Oh, I wonder if we're due for a sea change in a couple of years and we go to another industry. Yeah, I feel like that's well on the cards at this time or maybe maybe some company will hear how red hot this little comedy tandem is and they'll pay us to do this full time if only dare to dream john dare to dream yeah no dude totally um so let us kick off with our first segment which we have been rolling with the last few weeks which is torts watch oh yes well, we're in December, and John, you would assume that the BJs have dropped off by now, right? Uh, wrong. You would be there, sir. Absolutely wrong. And we're both married, so we know a thing or two about BJs dropping off. So we I do. feel like we're authorized to speak on this subject. It definitely comes with the territory, Cameron. Absolutely. It does. So the BJs. Well, they're currently the sixth ranked team in the entire damn league. They are. A, uh, a smashing record that's netted them 38 points. I know. They're one point ahead of the Caps, which is terrifying at this point in the season to be honest and looking God, like they're not slowing like down so I mean surprisingly the NHL's most fireable coach has now got himself in a position where he is almost unfireable Cam it's absolutely ridiculous hey like and the more I read about it apparently the players love him and they finally bought him and they like his vibe I reckon he's is he an evil genius? Does he just carry on like a fuckwit to keep the media away from him and just to give the media something to focus on so that all they want to talk about with Columbus is John Tortorella as an hat, and they don't worry about homing in on tearing apart his players so that his players can comfortably grow and kill it? Yeah, well, I feel like they've all bought into the screaming. Like, the chain of screaming effectively works. Like, he has essentially started... He, he started yelling at them in, like, what? Pfft, November? probably even a little wonder, earlier. And they've all just, like, well, I wonder if it's all a facade and behind closed doors, he's like, oh, hey, Brandon, how are you? And he's like, oh, I'm good, John, how are you? And he's like, 
oh, you know, okay, you know, just had a nice dinner last night and, you know, took the wife out. And, yeah, everything's peachy, actually. Thanks for asking. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I feel like you're on the money there. Like, maybe he's only scary to the media because he fucking hates them, but he really, really loves his players. Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. I, all I'm saying is it's a little weird and that finally it appears that they've bought into it, um, the players, that is, and it's going swimmingly. So... I mean, the NHL's most fireable coach is yet to be fired, and I will continue to watch this space because, like, there's so many good things coming out of Columbus right now. Maybe he's not the NHL's most fireable coach. All right, picture this, right? Imagine if the BJs keep this up. They make the playoffs. They they get past the first round, and they give someone a little bit of a scare, right? So they go from being an absolute cellar dweller to a playoff team in 12 months. Yeah. And John Tortorella wins the Jack Adams Award for the coach of the year. Does he get up at that ceremony... And he just stands there quietly smiling. With no pants on. And he on. looks out at the audience and he smirks. And then he just raises both fingers and says, fuck you. And just kicks over the lectern. Yeah, yeah. And then dabs. Because why wouldn't he? Oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> imagine if he just like, he kicks over the, le- the lectern or he does a table flip. Or, you know, like on the way out through the corridor, he headbutts another coach. And he's just like, <laughs> torts. Torts out, baby. Yeah, torts out. Third person. <laughs> And then he definitely calls all the women in the audience torts. Oh, my God. Imagine if torts talks in third person. That was like, <laughs> oh. torts thinks you're a fuckhead, eh? Hey. <laughs> the torts does not have time for this for these shenanigans. You've angered the torts. Oh, God. John Tortorella frowns on your shenanigans. Yeah, wow. I feel like that could be definitely... They, they're all in the top five things that we need to put on a T-shirt in the next 12 months. All right, watch this space, and we should also try and get some odds off sports bet for John Tortorella winning the Jack Adams. Yeah, it'd be a long shot, like 100%. It'd be, it'd be crazy. I'm, I'm not going to look it up right now, Load but I might later. All right, we're going to move on to some quick and some not-so-shit hits, John, because we've got a few of them, and I would like to get through them. Oh, uh, yeah. because I mean, if I'm looking at our run sheet, Cam, which has been meticulously organized and collated by yourself, I must say <laughs> there's at least a page and a half of them, so we better get onto it. Well, I will lead off then, because much to my annoyance, the Chicago Whackhawks are still flying, yes. sitting on top Central Division with 18 wins, and I was hoping that things would look a little shaky without Corey Crawford, and um, Scott Darling has absolutely dominated proceedings and is putting on a clinic for everybody. What do I have to do for the Chicago Blackhawks to stop being a good hockey team? What do I have to do, John? Yeah, well, I feel like the more important question is, who do you need to stab in Chicago to make them stop playing well? Like... It doesn't matter. It actually doesn't matter, and I've got a theory. I feel like the Chicago Blackhawks are the root of Skynet, and they're actually, secretly, they're an army of self-realizing robots, and that's why they're so good. So Chicago is successful because Chicago... Trevor Van Riemsdyk out there on the ice, it's actually a fucking robot in Trevor Van Riemsdyk's skin. Wow. So, So Chicago is Skynet? Chicago is Skynet. They are the root of all evil. They're going to destroy the world. Well, there you go, listeners. You heard it here first from Cam, who was a giant dickhead, obviously. Um, what does that make Stan Bowman? Chicago Skynet. Stan Bowman's the creator who came up with the microchip. I feel like it makes him like Neo. But you know what we can do then, right? If we need to identify who Sarah Connor is, who's going to go in and fuck that dude up and destroy the microchip, it's basically just got to be like Cody McLeod from the Avalanche. He's just going to go in and bash him and ruin it all. <laughs> Yeah, okay, I can actually back that. You know what? We yeah. should write some sort of like parody, like comedy drama 
slash feel good like drama slash like roadshow that you could take on to you could tour like three to four RSLs with we could definitely do a great job of that I drove past the Geelong RSL the other day on my way down the surf coast and Shannon Knoll definitely has a show coming up wow wow mm. he was robbed man um, moving through the list of crazy not sure not so shit hits um Habs leading scorer and key pivot um, Alice Galchenik is out indefinitely with a lower body injury that he sustained over a Kings win, um, which they won in, sh- in a shootout. Look, the indefinite term which we have discussed at nauseum on this show, which kind I of, did. which which doesn't really mean anything. It's like the, the our most hated, worse than indefinite is the for those fantasy nerds out there is the the O the out, which means nothing basically. Which just basically means your player is no longer available and you can't do anything about it. Um, and so teams are again obviously listing their players as indefinite. So I don't know if this means that the media is getting better at reporting them, um, reporting injuries, or if the teams are getting better at reporting how long players are going to be out, or if we just have an expectation that they'll tell us how long they'll be out straight away. Um, either way, the indefinite terms being thrown around, thrown around a lot. Galchenik's out. I'm upset. You're upset. Um, what does this mean for Montreal? Well, John, I'm going to segue into this one nicely, and I'm really glad that we're doing today's show today because Montreal were finally beaten by my beloved Boston Bruins today in Montreal. They lost 2-1. It was a game that had everything. We won. They lost. Fucking bizarre. And you had to push it to OT as well. Oh, did you watch the game? No, I didn't. I only caught the scores after the game because I was fist-fucked at work today. Twice. Just for good Little Corey Krug absolutely destroyed Andrew Shaw with a huge hit. And then Krugy fought Brendan Gallagher. Oh. It's getting thrown around. And then Spooner's overtime winner was sick. The whole thing was great. It all sounds great, Cam. It's almost it's almost a Mystery Alaska style, like feel-good story. Oh, I was so happy. When the game finally wrapped up and one night, I kind of slumped back in my chair at work with this little smile on my face. And oh. someone said, why are you so happy? And I'm like... Don't worry about it. You wouldn't understand. It's a me thing. It's a me thing. <laughs> so in keeping with our injury theme, Taser is still out for the Hawks, which again, like we suggested before, what will it take? Who needs to get stabbed in order for the Hawks to win or to lose a game? So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. He, he's, I have heard that he's kind of skating now, I think. Was that reported yesterday? Yeah, look, he's skating, but I guess they just don't see the point in rushing rushing the player back when he's suffering a back injury. Uh, especially because they've proven they can win um, even when they're under man. So you may as well take your time. And at the end of the day, if you're in the position Chicago's in, then you drop a couple games in December and you, you know, protect Jonathan Taves. And so be it. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, I don't think they have any problems sitting, you know, two clear games on top of the West. I think they're pretty fine as is. Hey, you remember how Johnny Gaudreau was supposed to be off for close to six weeks? Get around that little pocket rocket coming back, what, 10, 10 days, days after his fingers were butchered. And he put on quite the display in his return against Anaheim. And he's been playing well ever since, as as have his Calgary Flames, who are on a six-game winning streak. They are. And he's got a sweet custom glove to protect his little hands. It looks like he's wearing a blocker. I wonder how small he actually is. Like He's tiny, but I'm trying to get a gauge on how tiny. Well, you know, there is a rumor going around that he actually uses a child stick. No, nah, not even a rumor. Apparently, that's 100% valid. Well, I heard that doesn't he get a, a child stick and then cut it down even further? 
I don't even know. It's just ridiculous. Like every time I see a photo of him, I'm like, that's nice. It's bringing a child to work day and Troy Browers brought one of his kids in. (laughs) Oh my God. Mighty Morphin Brower Ranger gets a reference and we haven't even spoken about him for months. Well, there's been nothing to talk about, really. It's kind of he's, he's not really he's not really relevant to our conversation at the moment. Well, is it is it better to burn out or fade away, Cam? Oh, uh-huh, very good. Yeah, I know. I know very it's good. hard to say. Hey, another injury. You know how it's always encu- you know you're encouraged to block shots. You'll be fine. Um, unless of course you're the Avalanche's Eric Johnson, who's now looking at five weeks uh, on top of the additional week he's already been out on the sideline with a broken fibula. Rough. So I'm sure Colorado is stoked to have lost one of their two best D-men. That's exactly what they need right now. Uh, or maybe it isn't. But speaking of ridiculous injuries, let's do the Detroit list real quick. So Howard oh, just came back. Helm, Marchenko, Smith, Double A, Bertuzzi. Wow. What's going on? And Abdulkader's got an MCL sprain. He's out for another three weeks as well. Oh. Injuries are going right, but this kind of always happens in the lead up to the Christmas break. I remember last year we did a very similar list, and maybe it's just the dudes who just want an extra couple of weeks off. They're like, you know what? I just want to sink beers in the snow. Oh, so it's like guys at the office who take a five-minute break before their lunch break so they can back out of shit so they don't have to use any of their lunch break for a shit they can just use it to eat. Yeah, well, I mean, Cameron, you know how very seriously we take our shitting around here. (laughs) Super seriously. So seriously. All right. hey, you know who else is out for an extended period too? Matt Bobby Ryan. He's out for another five weeks, but he kind of hasn't been that dope, so I'm not sure I care heaps because Austin's uh, Austin Kazanik's been really good and, um, you know, the, the other lower-tier guys that Beza brought up have got the, the job done, so maybe six weeks on the shelf for Bolesky is going to be good for him and it's going to be good for me. Because you won't have to complain about him being shit and being a massive contract hole for you guys? Yeah. Oh, look, I may have mentioned something about that once or thrice. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, Cameron, before we go any go further, tell me what Gary Bettman, a.k.a. Donald Bettman, a.k.a. you fucked at that time, um, <laughs> has done to upset you over the last few weeks. Now, this one is a bit of a doozy, I have to admit. What has he done, Cam, and why has he upset you this time? I don't think he's upset me this time. Now it's just comical. So he slash the league offered to let the players head to the next Olympics in exchange for extending the existing CBA, which is a collective bargaining agreement by another three years. Um, understandably, the Players Association politely told him to get fucked. Then they're going to continue to push for Olympic participation in another way. Um, Batman, you little shit heel. Seriously, every time you... Oh, no, dude, I totally back it because say. let's be honest, how many times have the, the league agreed to stupid shit? And it's just like, you know what? I'm just going to sneak it in and see if anyone notices. Unfortunately, this time he was found out, but let's be honest, like he's done it he's done it before and not been busted. Like I mean, I, it was it's only time it's it's only fair that eventually his stupid shit gets found out. That's all I'm saying. I agree. And just to round this little one out, uh, it happened 11 or so days ago. Make sure you Google uh, Andrew Shaw freaking out in the penalty box after smashing his stick. Has an absolute tantrum of the highest order, and it is fantastic. Although, good on him, he didn't, you know, uh, utter any homophobic slurs this time. So he's learning. Well, yeah, but I mean, I swear to God, I feel like last year's like homophobic rant and therefore internet shaming 
um, occurred at basically the same time as it has this year. Only this year he like spazzed out in the penalty box and snapped his stick over his over his leg and basically looked like a three year old to everyone, which was great, but also you know surprisingly revealing. <laughs> hey, um, now that we're done talking about fuckwit Shaw, I want to talk about <laughs> two little uh, good news tidbits. If that's okay with you, John. Cam, this week's been full of good hockey news. I'm, I'm, I'm going to find it hard to round it down to just two pieces of news. Well, I'll, I'll give you one to start with because you know, everybody knows cute kids are our kryptonite and kids being happy and doing hockey-related things is fantastic. Um, if you've got access to Game Center or Game Pass, and I'm assuming most of you do, Go and watch the uh, Minnesota v. St. Louis game from yesterday. Um, a young man by the name of Dyer Gamble, he's a seven-year-old Minnesota sports nut. They gave him the mic at the game and he dropped a huge, let's play hockey, and the whole place went fucking mental. It was fantastic. Let me let out a well-earned, Bwah! He just looks so stoked, and he was high-fiving dudes around him, and then the Wild scored shortly after, so oh, clearly he's great. the goal. Every, oh, the stars aligned. Everything worked out. I loved it. And I was sitting there, and I'm like, oh, why am I watching a Minnesota-St. Louis game? I must be really bored. And then that happened. I'm like, oh. that's why. The universe <laughs> knew I wanted a little pick-me-up. <laughs> well, luckily, I mean, very rarely do you get rewarded watching a Minnesota-St. Louis game. Let's just say that. Especially because Jake Allen's been leaking him in all year. He's fucking killing me in fantasy at the moment. Yeah, man, that'll happen. All right, so... My team's dope. Point two. Another... I mean, this year, the good news has been... Uh, we've, we've focused on the goalies a fair bit this year. I mean, I guess it's the, like... Ah, oh, like, it's great that they're doing something cool. Like, it's just, just like, oh, good on you. The goalie's done something mad. Um, we, we've covered well, it a fair bit. Play base players, John. We need to throw them a bone. Yeah, like they get a little. There's the trickle down banging rule definitely applies to base players and goalies. Well, we did, we established what the hockey hierarchy is. If it was a band, right? So your center, your all star center is your lead singer. Your wingers are your guitarists. Your defensemen are your drummers. Yeah. Because they set the tone and the tempo of the game. Yeah, of course. Which ultimately it leaves the goalie with the bass guitar, which, as we know, in a standard rock and roll band, not very hard. <laughs> not very hard. Not not very important on the social scale. Yeah, but still valid and required if you want to complete the full circle and sound that you require to essentially oh, rock the fuck out. Absolutely mandatory, but just always left behind when it comes to, you know, kudos and recognition and you know, attention from the fairer sex and things like that. Yeah, like if you were to leave a member of the band at a truck stop in Ohio, let's be honest, it's gonna it's it's gonna be the bass player. Like <laughs> Who got left behind well, although in Almost Famous it was the singer who got left behind at that truck stop, remember? Oh yeah. Dude. Solid Played by movie. Jason Lee. I know. Former legend, formerly one of my favourite actors. Now and out now Scientologist, very upsetting. Oh, don't even get me started. So anyway, on to the good news. So Blackhawks netminder Corey Crawford has been sent to uh, sent to hospital. He had to undertake um, an emergency appendectomy. He's obviously out for a period of time. Scott Darling has now been elevated to the starting position, which means that who 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 has who has joined the ranks of the Chicago Blackhawks camp? Eric Semborski, who played club hockey for Temple University and spent some time in the Empire Junior Hockey League. Uh, hardly page one news, but. 
the kid got his shot. He got to sit on the bench. He got to wear number 50, funnily enough, which means the team didn't have any spare jerseys. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't um, make him one up for the night. Like a 50 Crawford jersey with his name on it. 500 bucks and a good story. On you, kid. Yeah, that's pretty mad. I absolutely back that. But geez, I like it. So geez, the good stories it. coming out of the goaltender's crease at the minute has gone pretty fucking crazy, hey? How's Darling and Ranta are just killing it, though? Like, the backups are just destroying. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Ranta was the second star of the week last week. <sighs> Man, hockey's <laughs> You think you've got it dialed in. You think you know what's going on, and then bang. And then Ranta bang! The top-notch goalie. Changes, I know. Yeah, it yeah. changes in a second. Jeez, Hank must be upset. Hey, well, you know what we're going to move on to, John? Ooh, this will be our baseless bullshit banter, which is not so baseless this week, Cam. You know what? It really is baseless, to be honest. I think it's usually it's usually got a bit of Greek pluck, moxie. Ah, uh, yes. All, all of which we have high volumes of. And because people all want a bit more volume. tested for after the show as they're performance enhancing. Well, we have performance enhancing drugs. <laughs> um, all right. So the NHL has unveiled its list of 2017 All-Star candidates for the year and four players from each team has been made eligible. Uh, you know where to find the full list. It's nhl.com forward slash all hyphen star hyphen ballot. Yes. However, a cursory glance at said list has identified a few very immediate issues for myself and John. Well, Cam, it's very obvious to me that they've obviously just picked the biggest names and the most what they would consider marquee players in each of the small each of the markets, leaving out and obviously omitting the top contributors that are obviously playing well, the players that are have obviously stepped up this year, and they've, they've just picked the easy gets, as we might call them. Well, if you don't believe us, let's start in the Atlantic Division, which alphabetically is headed up by Boston, and they've listed Bergeron, Chara, Marchand, and Rusk. Makes sense. They're all great players. They're, they're you know, popular players. It's a little they easy, though, Cam. a relatively quietish start on the score sheet. Um, Marchie's been quiet for the last few weeks. Chara's been out with injuries. Where's David Pastrnak? Yeah. Where is David? What's going on? They've obviously well, they've obviously maybe picked those. Maybe the, the I'm too harsh on them. So if we look at Buffalo, uh, we see the list is spearheaded by Jack Eichel, who at the time that the list was published had only played a whopping three games for the season, and has so far only played six for the season. Okay, well, let's look at the Metro Division and Columbus. Uh, Seth Jones and Brandon Sarder on there, which is really interesting. Seth Jones was injured for a significant period of time, and Brandon Sarder was relegated to the fourth line. Not a single mention of potential Rookie of the Year candidate Zach Lorensky and Alex Wenberg. I know. What are they even doing? So, John, do you see where we're heading with this, my young friend? Mate, let me tell you I'm all about this because, as you can see, there are some very clear omissions here. And, like, while, you know, they've done a decent job at it, we feel that if you wanted to vote for an additional player, you could use the write-in on the ballot cam. Which is posted at the bottom of the page, incredibly inconvenient, and you only get to it after you've already seen all the other players. Because we as human beings are naturally lazy, I suspect people aren't using it, and they're going, eh, fuck it, I'll just use someone that's there. Exactly, but if you wanted to write in and you were thinking, well, I don't know really who I want to write in, but I don't think these players really represent my team well, guess what, Cam? We've got the list for you. Well, it, and this list that they've assembled, it actually reads like an intern who doesn't like hockey was given the content by way of Googling the top-selling jerseys for the team or 
some douche canoe at NHL.com handballed the task to his nine-year-old on bringing your kid to work day. That's definitely, how it reads. Dude, it was definitely bring your, work, bring your kid to work day. But, you know, I feel like if you feel that your team is not being represented, we can help you with that, Cam. We can, we can potentially give you a list of players that you may well, want to write in. Let's go one for one on these suggestions then, John Stunning. In the Eastern Conference with Montreal, you can lead it off. Oh, well, my boy Alex Galchenik was an obvious omission. Like, how did he miss that? Come on. Ottawa, I would love to see Hoffman or Stone get a look. And like you said previously, if you're a Boston fan, how did Pashtunak or Bacchus make, not make the cut? Like, come on, kid. The Rangers, you could chuck in Hayes, Miller, or Vesey. All of them deserve a crack. And Pittsburgh is obviously Matt Murray. What are you doing, you fucking idiots? Come on. Uh, Columbus, Weinberg, and Wierenski, obviously. Well, if I'm looking at the caps, and I do... Why? How did Mojo get missed? Like, have you even heard of this guy? He's like, like obviously Mo- our best player at the minute. Mojo's great this year. This is his best year so far. He's breaking out, man. Watch it happen. Uh, Philadelphia, they probably got right, so we can let that go. But I mean, Tampa Bay, Vasilevsky's posting better numbers than Ben Bishop. I know. Say it with me, please. Vasilevsky. I know. And if we're looking at New Jersey, let's pause for a minute. How did they miss Travis Zajac? Oh, the man. The man, the legend, Travis Zajac, Zajac, watch Zajac. How did that even, how did he miss that? How, do, how does the nine-year-old kid slash intern look at New Jersey and go, uh, let's just leave off Travis Zajac. We don't need him. This Panthers thing's really starting to annoy me, all this poking down. <laughs> how is Yager getting a nomination with Vincent Trocek isn't? Seriously. I know. Yager is, I don't want to say Yager's bad, but, you know, it's borderline now. Yager is bad for that team, and I actually feel <laughs> to the point when he packs up his locker at the end of the day to leave, the rest of the young dudes are hanging out, talking about him, like like Vincent Trocek turns to Riley Smith, and he's like, yo, do you even know who that guy is? Yeah, they're definitely like, hey, who's the guy with the mullet? <laughs> like, all day, the people are like, hey, like, who's the dude, he keeps on showing up to training, like, what's he even doing here? Imagine the conversation, they're like, oh, I thought it was Nick Bookstad's like, uncle or something. Oh, okay, we better look into that. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe someone should call HR. You know? uh, look at Detroit, no double A nomination, huh? That's kind of odd. Uh, and Toronto missed out, obvious rookie of the year, colder nominee, Mitch Marner. Like, he's killing it, what are they doing? Oh, Carolina, give Victor Ross some love, goddammit. Although I will say, Buffalo are terrible, so they're lucky anyone got nominated, really. Yeah, same with the Islanders. I can't really see anyone there that I like. Casey Kazikas. Get around him. <laughs> you just put him on the list, and I, I omitted him for the second time, mind you, j- just so you could say his name. Uh, that is 100% correct, John. <laughs> All right, if we get to do the West, because um, we just ripped through the East for those of you playing along at home, uh, I'll lead off with Chicago. So Anisimov, cool man, Panarin, awesome. Great job, guys. Yeah, uh, St. Louis left off Kevin Shattenkirk, i.e. one of the best defensemen in the league. But yeah, why would he need a, a ballot nomination? Why would he? Yeah, like why, <laughs> why would, if, you was, if I was a Minnesota fan, I'd be upset that Charlie Coyle was left off, left off the list. Yeah, I agree with that. And San Jose, I mean, look, it is hard to argue. you got Martin Jones, Pavelski, Thornton, and Brent Burns. But I mean, you could chuck Joel Ward or Loco in there. Give him more nominees, why not, I say? Yeah, like, dude, big Wardo fan. Everyone knows that. If, I, if I'm if I'm an Edmonton fan, I'd, I would be definitely upset that Leon Dreisaitl, Dreisaitl, sorry, should I say, missed uh, maybe Pat Maroon, maybe Luch. Like I don't uh, know. How is the Nuge getting a nomination? The Nuge is such a move. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, I feel uh, like you you out again. I mean, I get it. He missed some time with injury, but he's fantastic and he's young. He's gonna come up. Give him a look, God damn it. Yeah, I know. What what about okay, okay? Let's stop for a minute. Okay, so quick. Looks like he's back. Um, but like. No. They updated today that said Quick is nowhere near ready for a really? return. Really? Because I read he was skating the other day. Nah, apparently Quick is fucking ages off is the update. So with that update then, Cam, how did the Bundage, how did Bundage not get him a nomination, Cam? With- I love that he was Budai and we just still refuse to call him that and we're rolling with Bundage. Bundage. I know. Well, I think it's because of, of the nine J's that are in my list here. What about Winnipeg? Paul Brian Little gets no respect from the peg. Cam, you know, you know that I'm a giant Brian Little fan, and how yeah. year on year does he get no respect, no love I, from the celebrities? And I've said this before. I always wear Winnipeg cover socks for training. <laughs> I know, Cam. I know you're a huge peg fan. Now, looking um, at their at, at the at the Flames, their their Canadian brethren. How was Brian Elliott even on the list? Why? Why is the Chad Chad Johnson not on the list? I um I was listening to an interview on the Hockey Central podcast the other day, and they asked the Flames GM point blank if Chad Johnson's now the number one goalie, and he was so evasive. He's like, "Oh, you know, everyone will get their shot." Hey, I'm like, "Oh, just commit." Just to just say just say Elliot's done and move on. Just yeah, just say Elliot was Elliot was a bad investment, and has survived all these years by working in a tandem with another very capable goalie. He is not capable of being a number one. You are now about to enter the Chad. (laughs) And we will forever have Chad jerseys. (laughs) Yeah, I don't mind the Chad. Um, Nashville, I think they they nailed it um, because, you know, they've had their ups and downs. I was fine. Same for Dallas. They're a hot mess, so whatever. With Vancouver, though, I do want to propose a rule. Can we set it that people can't nominate anyone from Vancouver until they commit to a full-blown rebuild? Absolutely. So... They have nominated, for those of you playing along at home, they have nominated Louis Erickson, lol, Bo Horvat, lol, and both the Sedines, lol, and double lol. Tell you what else is funny. I just watched the replay of the Yotes versus the Pens game from today where the Pens won 7 oh. I don't think Arizona should have anyone nominated either. Their defense is terrible. Like, really basic, fundamental defensive plays where all they need to do is clear the park. They just couldn't do it. Like, I'm talking... They were trying to dump it out and clear it across goal. Um, I think Trevor Daly may have walked into the easiest goal of it. No, it was Nick Bonino. Like, they literally just dumped it out and left it sitting there in front of the crease, and Nick Bonino's like, oh, cool, and just tapped it in. My God. I also... I'm also raising the fact that uh, Max Domi should be taken off the list after taking that giant fucking beating the other day. Uh, I've got a real bee in my bonnet about Max Domi now because this kid's gone from... You know, he fought once or twice, and everyone's like, hey, he's a domi, and that's going to happen. He's the team's second-leading scorer, and he's had six fights now. I'm thinking, dude, you need to stay out of the box because you're expected to contribute in other ways. Yeah, stop and trying to And if you're going to start letting your, your emotions uh, get the better of you and you're just going to continue fighting, you're actually not doing what you need to be doing for your team. Like, your team's got dudes that can fight. Let them fight. They cost a lot less than you do. And their hands aren't as good as yours. Yeah, and you getting bashed in the head and then having to be placed on IR immediately after the game, not great. Yeah, I mean, Garnett Hathaway obviously did a real number on his eye socket for him to be dumped straight on IR after the game. So that's one of those things. that That's just, it, it's completely not acceptable. 
And I'm all for the odd scrap and leading your team when you're one of those players that's considered a leader. Um, you know, I've got no problem with uh, Jonathan Tays having the odd biff and that, and that kind of action. But for Max Domi to be consistently fighting when his team's really struggling and they need him scoring, it's not smart business. No, no. Like, they're obviously paying him way too much to do that. Like, I, I don't know if his time is going to... I don't know if he's going to last. But, I mean, if to, to round out the list, Cam, Colorado, I mean... Lol, um, they're dead last in the, in the league. Like, I guess the numbers are right, but, you know, whatever. I agree with you, mate. I mean, yeah, Duchesne, McKinnon, you know, do what you got to do. Ty Barry, Vamalov, but no one cares. Whatever. No one cares. Like, no one's caring. All right, so let us get into a hot topic that you and I, literally the Ooh. second it happened, you called me and asked me had I seen it. And I was in—I was literally just leaving a meeting, and I had not seen it. But Cam, do you, do you care to let, let us, myself, and the listeners know what occurred this week? All right. So as everybody who listens to our show and follows us would obviously know, because I posted incessantly about it. You <laughs> just played the Montreal Canadiens, and Carl Palmieri was cutting his way into the goals, and he was pushed and lost his footing, and he went careening into Carey Price. Uh, Kerry Price is apparently at the end of his tether and he's sick of people running him over and he responded uh, in a very professional manner and a very uh, courageous manner by punching Palmieri in the back of the head with his blocker while he was lying on the ice while his teammate Jeff Petrie held him there and then he punched him a few more times. Yeah, he gave him a few uh, kidney shots just for good measure. What a fuckhead. To say the internet is divided about this would be a gross understatement and here's my issue with that. Um... Automatically, this is telling me that a lot of people are are incredibly stupid, yeah, and have not no know idea. and cannot work out the difference between standing up for yourself and addressing a problem in the right way versus downright stupid behaviour. Yeah, um, I, I feel like they also lack the ability to watch an instant replay. Like, it's very clear what happens just through the replays and the multiple angles that we, through the magic of the internet, can watch at nauseum on replay. To make sure that we're, our opinion is absolutely correct. And let me tell you, Cam, we're absolutely correct. Well, if you set aside the fact that Palmieri was clearly pushed into price, like, remove okay, that. Okay, so if you, we, we take that out of the equation it. entirely, let's, right? Let's just address it that Palmieri ran price and price has had enough and he's been injured with that kind of play before by Chris Kreider and he says he's sick of being run down. That's totally cool. I'm on board. You wait till Palmieri stands up or you pull him up. And then you punch him. You, go toe-to-toe with him. Or if you're not game to do that, you push and shove until one of your own players comes in and does it. You don't punch someone who's not even looking at you in the back of the head. That's not courageous. That's not standing up for yourself. That's not addressing the problem. It's the on-ice equivalent of King hitting somebody. It's gutless, cowardly. You've punched someone in the back of the head. Absolutely. I'm a dad. My kid walked up and punched someone in the back of the head. His ass would be getting bounced from here in military school. Absolutely, dude. Like, it's so obvious. Like, if you watch the replay, like, Palmieri literally is pushed and falls, and then Price literally punches him in the back of the head and then sends a few kidney shots his way. Like, it is 100% not cool. And for the kids watching at home, like, it's pretty rough because the number one goal in the NHL essentially acts like a fuckhead. And what's going to happen now, Cam, is more importantly... The Nothing. league's laughing it off. Nothing's no one's even even caring about it other than us. Other than the fact that, like, a goalie essentially had had a player taken down and then went to town on him for what for nothing. 
which is just, the, the rule, it's, the it's rules just mandate that a goalie is supposed to be kicked out of the game if you're something if, if you use your blocker to intentionally hurt somebody you are to be removed from the game so that didn't happen they're not going to fine him they're not going to give him a follow-up suspension and no, they didn't address it there on the night so they've completely fucked it and dropped the ball in every single category but but the Canadians poster boy and therefore the NHL's poster boy cannot cop to it cam that's how dare you suggest the king price have to pay the price so to speak um, for what he's for, for essentially punching Palmieri in the head like why why he got a free shot well just let him have it cam just let him have it why do why do we need what do we need to, to punish him the lack of accountability is truly concerning not just from Kerry price from the organization as a whole um, and from like you know the old boys club and the other commentators talking about it going oh I love what he did he stuck up for himself that's not sticking up for yourself. That's assault. Dude, his own player pushed Paul Mary into him. Like, but like I'm, I'm talking, you can completely remove that. Completely remove the how and why. And it's still bullshit, right? In that position and just address the incident. You did not stick up for yourself and defend yourself and finally take a stand by punching a defenseless person in the back of the head. Sticking up for yourself and taking a stand would have been doing it properly, giving him the opportunity to get to his feet and then letting him have it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like there's, I feel like there's probably 50 different ways that Price could have addressed the situation, so we called it, um, in a much better way as opposed to essentially King hitting him on the ice and then sending a few a few extra shots at him for good measure um, while, while his, his, his defenseman held him down effectively, which was... I, I think it's probably the low point of the season so far. Next to, I guess, Andrew Shaw taking having having yet another meltdown, but I feel like it's I, I don't know. I feel like it's it's just it's something that most people will kind of skim over. But I feel like it's 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 our it's our duty to kind of just stop and rein it in a little bit and go, yo, that's not cool, man. And it's definitely not something that we would expect, um, you know, fans of the show to be happy with. And 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 ourselves, we were both upset. And pissed off. I remember you called me straight away. You're like, dude, this is bullshit. I can't believe this has just happened and no one even gives a fuck. Well, the other thing for me as well is that you've essentially told other teams what your breaking point is now. You've told other teams you're sick of being run into. You are emotional. You're not a robot. And there is a button there that can be pushed. Um, Case in point, watching the Boston-Montreal game today, David Pastrnak cut very hard to the net and he did go through Price and it wasn't a heavy collision. Like he did end up kind of jumping over him and wedging himself in the net, but he had no issue going hard at him because he knows Boston is a team that is built to back him up. And let's be honest, no one on Montreal apart from Andrew Shaw is going to do a damn fucking thing about it. Absolutely. So I feel like it's at least good advertising for someone else to punch Andrew Shaw in the head. Um, so th- this this could end up quite good for us in terms of people are just going to keep going at him now just to to get Price upset, and obviously when he's playing upset, he's not playing the best. Um, so it's, it's it's I guess it's good for us in terms of the opposition playing him, but at the end of the day, it's still shit, man. It's still it's still a shit move, and I'm surprised um, that Paul Mary hasn't said anything negative. Um, but I mean, it also attests to his character as a good dude. Um, who we've, who we've, uh, who's obviously a friend of the podcast because he is such a legend. Well, I'm looking at the Canadians' next bunch of games, right? So they've got the Sharks. So if I'm Joel Ward, I'm going hard to the net. They've got the Caps. Hello, Tom Wilson. I'm cutting in hard. Yeah, uh, you've got Minnesota's on there at some stage. Hello, Charlie Coyle or uh, the Blue Jackets. You've got Scotty Hartnell. 
Um, all these teams have big aggressive bodies and aren't going to have a problem going hard at that net. And that dude needs to be fully aware that people are definitely going to be very, very aware of, okay, cool, well, if there's a button there to be pushed, we know how to push it and we're going to push it. Absolutely. Like, it's definitely being followed up with a decent fight or two. Um, but, I mean, oh, this, yeah. this is all this is all of, of making by, by Carey Price. This is him reacting to a situation to, totally and completely unnecessary. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Oh, it piles um, the blood cam. There's another little on-ice social situation that I want to address. And before we jump into that, I'm going to say, you know how I wanted to rant about the Canucks after this? Yeah. Let's scrap it. Let's scrap it. It's, it's no, no vibe. I've lost the vibe for the Canucks. I don't, I, don't, I don't even want to spend the time ranting on them. I might pen an article about it. you cool yeah, with that? Yeah, let's do that. You know why? Like, just briefly, we were going to talk about how the, the Canucks really need to just get over it and just suggest that it's time for a rebuild. I feel like we've covered it enough on the on the potty cam, and I feel like and en- enough's enough. I, f- I feel like maybe maybe we can put it to bed. Well, that and there is a rumor that two teams are talking to them, and they're fully prepared to take both the teams off their hands. So I want to do a little more digging, see if that is more than just a rumor, and see how that pans out before we readdress it. Wow, you want to fact check? Yeah, I, I want to do the anti rapper Wow, you don't say that very often. But back to what we were going to cover, though. Uh, the Flyers and the Oilers met a few days ago, and Connor McDavid publicly stated and went on record. Uh, he said Brendan Manning conceded that he intentionally injured him last year. Um, so I've got a few questions for you, John. Should Connor have said that? Should it have stayed on the ice? Uh, McDavid calling Manning a fucking bitch on the ice was obviously very inflammatory, and he was trying to, uh, you know, kick him off and work him up and whatnot. And then McDavid saying the Flyers should fight his guys if they're all about that life. How do we respond to those that say McDavid should fight his own fights? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I feel I'm I'm on the fence with this because he's obviously an immature player, right? But I, I don't know, man. I feel like this is just such. I, I feel like it's just such a bad move. Just all three things are just terrible. Like I, I'm 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 totally not I'm not about it at all, to be honest, man. Where do where do you lie? This is really interesting. I think this is the first thing in a while that we've legitimately disagreed with one another because I'm kind of into it. Yeah, so, I, I, I can see that you'd be like, yeah, I'm totally cool with that. Like, I I like the fact that he's backing himself a little bit, but I don't know. I feel like it's just, it's just something that's not going to happen these days. Like, dudes aren't going to be like, yeah, we'll start a line brawl because you said, man, cool. All right. Look, but- I'm trying to put myself in his shoes. And it's very easy to say that, look, you know, what what's said on the ice should stay on the ice. And Brendan Manning, even if he did say that I intentionally hurt you, he, most hockey players are pretty good dudes. I doubt he actually went out there and intentionally tried exactly. to Exactly. Like, he obviously he said it just to piss him off, right? Him, him up. It, but it so was I, obviously said to make him upset. Like, that's, anyone can say, if he's too stupid to not even see that, well, then we maybe need to reconsider what we think of, of, of old Conor McDayday. I don't think he's too stupid, though, so I guess I'll address it bit by bit. I think it was smart play by Manning to say it, but in saying that, like, I'm an emotional reactive dude. If somebody broke my collarbone and told me they did it on purpose and then you thrust a camera in my face, I would probably say, you know what, fuck that guy. He said he did it on purpose. So I'm not going to begrudge him that. You've got to remember that he is young as well. And in regards to just trying to push McDavid's buttons, here's the thing. I think they should be pushing his buttons because the angrier they made him, the better he played. He was incredible that game. 
Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there and saying like he's he, he does play good when he when he's angry, but he's also a young dude, so he's still kind of tr- still figuring out what pushes his buttons and when he plays well and how he plays well and what good looks like for him. So I feel like, I mean, good on Manning for just like trying to rev his engine a little bit and maybe butter his bread on both sides, so to speak. But um, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like the whole situation kind of sucks. Like, even if he did do it intentionally, that's a fucking horrible thing to do. But secondly, like, calling him out on the ice is also kind of hilarious. Um, I don't know. I, like I said, I, I'm still, I'm, I'm just not cool with the whole thing. Yeah, and I mean, look, the other thing I'll say to people was saying, if McDavid wants to talk tough, he should fight. You're a fucking idiot. He's the second best hockey player in the world behind Sidney Crosby. He is a gifted offensive specimen. And as we just mentioned, Max Domi is fighting more than he's scoring at the moment in Arizona. What the fuck do you think Peter Chiarelli will do if Conor McDavid starts fighting fourth-line wingers from the Edmonton Oilers? Yeah, Chiarelli's going to fight him, man. Um, like, I, like, I agree. Dude's saying, oh, he just needs to back it up. Like, I don't back him backing up those words. Like, I don't back him jumping out there for a fight. Like, he's a young dude, and he's obviously injury-prone. So, like, he's obviously still young and frail. Like, if someone like Domi, he copped it in the face, and now he's out for a few games. Like, not a smart move. <laughs> I don't even think that, though. I think when the time comes, Conor McDavid will fight. Like, he had an OHL fight, and he broke his hand in that fight. Um, when the time comes, he will get in a fight, and it'll be the right time and the right guy, and for the right reason, it'll be like Sidney Crosby fighting Brandon Dubinsky, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I don't think Conor McDavid owes anybody, and I don't think he needs to worry about fighting fourth-line big mouths from the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like he doesn't... I don't think it really warrants his time. Like, I, I feel like... Like, Chiarelli probably would have said to him, you've got, like, one good fight in you this year, maybe for the next two years. Choose your number wisely. Like, don't waste it on some spastic from the fourth line. I think it's, I think it's really obvious. Give the people what they want. His fight should be... Hey, Austin Matthews. Yeah, I, hey, I was going to say, Michael. Austin Matthews, Eichel, Patrick Laine, just someone who's of equal standing in terms of just general awesomeness, and he has a decent crack. You know? That'd make, like that'd when, make good I mean, news. When Jonathan Tays fights, he, he picked out Joe Thorne because he said, my boys are down, I'm going after the captain, the opposing captain. Yeah, it's like the time that Sid fought, fought Ovi. Same thing, right? Exactly right, exactly right. So for all you fools out there saying McDavid needs to sack up and start punching dudes, just stop, you're embarrassing yourself. Yeah, and look at Max Domi. He is the perfect example of a scorer who fights, who looks like a fuckwit. Ah, dearie me. Look, it's all been overwhelmingly negative in the last little bit, so let's give out some uh, Holy Puck Awards, John. Oh, Cam, well, you know... You know that there's been a lot of a lot of positive goalie talk this week, and so I would be remiss not to give out a Jumbo Joe Legend of the Week to yet another goalie, Cam. Hit it. So Minnesota high school goalie Tony Burns or Bruins, Bruns, Bruins, Bruns, Bruns faced Bruns. a whopping 110 goal, uh, 110 shots between his Morris Benson squad when they faced off against Litchfield. Um, what's the last part there? Dassel Katata. Sorry, mate. What's the last part? I don't know. Anyway, so the poor guy. Oh, Litchfield, Dassel, Kakato. Kakato. I knew you'd be able to nail that. Um, or Kakato. Or Kakato. 
<laughs> Maybe that's not us. Um, so the poor guy, the reason why he gets the uh, the uh, legend of the week was he managed to save a hundred uh, out of hundred and ten shots. He managed to save ninety eight of those shots, Cam. Which means that Mental. yes, he lost. They did lose the game twelve zip. But imagine if he had not nailed those ninety eight shots. Imagine. His school's lucky to have him. Lunch Lady Doris needs to be throwing him all the free sloppy joes. Yeah, maybe even just a, a quick hot dog on the side to make him feel better about losing 12-zip. But either way, he still nailed it. Well done. I fully agree that he's deserving of the Jumbo Joe Jumbo Legend of the Week award. Also, excellent nasal. Oh, an excellent nasal like redo of your own Jumbo Joe Legend of the Week award soundbite that we yeah, used to you, use. You think I nailed that one? Yeah, yeah. I feel like you did a good job. All right, so I'm going to take the Johnny Boychek bone cruncher of the week. Yeah, you now, deserve it. Now, we were going to talk about the letdown that was the fight between Matt Martin and Eric Gudbranson, but very uh, very simply, this week's one goes to young Gunn and Hathaway of the Calgary Flames because, man, that just got bricks for hands. <laughs> I've seen him fight a few times, and he's always held his own, but he fucked up Max Domi this week. Oh, man. He, he bashed him onto injured reserve. That's what he did. That, that fight was – that is my new favorite fight of all time. Because, like, he's obviously just holding Domi back. Did you see that part? He's just literally just holding him for the first, like, five seconds. And then he just starts swinging haymakers. And I'm like, Domi, like, you can just see it coming, right? You can see it, like, you can see Domi's face, like, almost shatter. You're like, come on, man. He, like, used him as just, like, a fucking punching bag. Yeah, he absolutely fucked him up. So for that, <laughs> Garnet Hathaway, you are well and truly deserving of the bone cruncher of the week, my friend. Oh, mate. Absolutely. And finally, last but not least, the Steve Dog, uh, the Steve Ott Dog Act of the Week, Cameron. Take it away. This one you can have because you deserve it. I like that you called him the Steve Dog as well. It actually works. I know it does because this dude is a piece of shit. <laughs> All right. So a Russian hockey player named Sergei Petrov. John, do you know Sergei? Cameron, I know and love Sergei. <laughs> He's been banned, um, I'm guessing, for life after he went full quarter <laughs> and had to ref with his stick during a local amateur game. So he I actually he actually went Happy Gilmore. Old as balls. It was a feature level in GoldenEye on Nintendo 64 and shit was grim then. And it's no grim doubt now. it's grim. But there's so, no need for this. <laughs> he actually went full Happy Gilmore and attacked, attacked a ref not with his skate, but with his own stick. And let me tell you, this is the stuff of comedy. Comedy legends. Well, look, we say comedy now because thankfully the ref on the receiving end uh, by the name of Nikita Tiknov, uh, he was wearing a helmet cam. So the entire thing was caught on tape for evidence for the prosecution and he was able to protect his head. So his injuries are actually relatively minor um, and it affected his hands only. So he's very lucky. But you, Sergey, you are an absolute dog, more than deserving of this uh, this week's Steve Watch shout out, you white dog. Absolutely. And he really is white too. He is. <laughs> I love how love you Googled it to make sure. Yeah, I do. Big fan. All right, so that takes us to the end of a, an extra special uh, long show. So this this will take us up to Christmas. This isn't the Christmas episode. Maybe we'll we'll, we'll pound one out um, in between um, when you return on the 28th, um, between Christmas and New Year. Um, but, as, I mean, it, it's been great so far. Um, we're up to episode 36. Things are going swimmingly. Cam, I'm having a great time doing the show. What about you? Well, I am, and I'm a big fan of this episode because it's number 36. The episode title is going to be, and my name's Chambers. It's going to be Enter the 36 Chambers and College. So wow. for the third week, we get a cheeky Wu-Tang reference. Found it. Yeah, well, there's been not one check-ahead reference. 
So good on us. Well, that would be a Beastie Boys reference, but close, close. Oh, enough. why did I burn myself? Anyway, so this is it. This is episode thirty-six. Um, I've been John. This has been Cameron, of course. Do not forget to hit us on all of our socials. That's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, we carry the at Holypot podcast handle. You can also check us out on our website at www.holypotpodcast.com. That's where all of our podcasts are, our co-op pieces. We have a fantasy page. Um, this, this, this show has never been on more sources. You can find them anywhere. You can hit us up on iTunes. We're everywhere. Um, yeah, man. So make sure you and all your friends get on the Holy Pipe Fun bandwagon because we're killing it at the minute, man. And keep listening while I'm smashing cocktails in Hawaii. Cameron, let me start by saying that sounds lovely. It does. Thanks for your time, Jody. Have a good evening. I definitely will. You take it easy, my man. Yeah. <laughs>